wait, why do you want to join TikTok? Uh, I think it's really, it's going to be the future. I think that's where a lot of uh, time is going to get invested. Uh, it's going to sweep the nation. Um, I'm pretty sure it already has. Uh, I think you're about like, you know, um, a year too late on this one, bud. Well, okay, my joke is falling flat. Isn't it getting banned? Like, is it... Oh, well... That was the joke. That, that's, that's the joke. <laughs> oh, I didn't... I, I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with that saga. Maybe it won't happen. So- There's... It's, it's what something that Trump is yelling about recently. He wants to... Sure, I, I saw it once, but... I mean, there's just too many sagas to keep track of. I, that's not one I wanted to sure. invest my time yeah. in. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, I actually did have about 30 seconds tonight where I thought about, like, huh, maybe I should get on TikTok. It was because uh, an organization that I'm very fond of, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, they started a TikTok basically just to make posts about how it would be unconstitutional to ban TikTok. <laughs> I'm like that's an effort I could get behind. <laughs> sure. I mean, it'll probably go the same way as most social media. Like all the teens love it, then old people will get on it, and then teens will find something else to mig- migrate to. Yeah, that's it. Really, that's the way life should be. <laughs> the olds just need to stay slow so that the teens can sprint to something else. Everyone in my gym is very sad at the potential of TikTok going away, though. Are they a bunch of TikTokers? Oh, yeah. Wait, well, is, that what you, is that what you call someone who does TikTok? That sounds so odd. A TikToker. I think they should be called a smartwatch. What? Or uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe they're all seconds. God dang it. <laughs> but anyway, your story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out. I, so I don't really go to the classes much anymore. Not for like a – I'm not particularly trying to avoid it. it. It's just the way life is right now that it works out better for me not to. But since I've not been going to classes, the owner, head coach of the gym, she got way into TikTok. And it's really great because she's actually sharing her personality that in a – much more than she ever had before. And like she's hilarious. But one of the things that's turned out to happen is on Friday night class, they like, I don't know if they do it at the beginning of the class or at the end of the class, they do a group TikTok, but everybody that happens to be at the Friday night class. So it's like the thing, come on Friday night, do the TikTok. And I've not been in any of them. Well, you need to change that, obviously. Right. Yeah. Although there was one time when the owner came in when I was there on my own and she was like, hey, do you want to be on our TikTok? I'm like, well, Yes. And so I got to be like an, an ad one. <laughs> I'm traveling to good old Missouri this weekend. Uh, it's my mom's 60th. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I'm making a surprise visit. She doesn't know that I'm going to be showing up. So Good thing this episode doesn't air for another couple weeks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No spoilers here. Any big plan, or is you showing up the big plan? Just me showing up. You gonna get her flowers? I'll probably be, probably be lazy. Oh no! I she get her flowers. I usually get her like flowers for Mother's Day. I'll probably take her out to dinner. 
Get her flowers for showing up. She'd love that. (laughs) Don't underestimate how much people appreciate, like, the the purchase for no reason thing, you know? Sure, 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 sure. Sometimes it's nice just to have some flowers, get a card. (laughs) I will get a card, yes. There you go. But there's, there's not an excursion planned. You're not taking no. their hike or something like that. Don't you all go? On nah, hikes? nothing, nothing too exciting. I mean, we'll we'll probably just hang out, and uh, that'll be that. Hanging out's good. Yeah, that's what I did on my birthday. Hung yeah. out. Yeah, I haven't had an exciting birthday in forever. You just be people talking about Star Wars. Yeah. Don't be creepy. That's how well I usually get a lot of people who are like, Oh yeah, I can remember your birthday at Star Wars Day. <laughs> Internet, please do not steal Danny's identity. <laughs> we're we're learning. It's it's only it's only been half a year. <laughs> it's been half a year? No yeah, way. Well, uh, we've released nine episodes. I probably I have it I have it written down somewhere in like my my personal log. Oh yeah. Ooh, we need to talk I more about could... that. What? There's nothing exciting that goes in that. Well, the process because I actually have some thoughts on that too. Uh, okay. Well, go ahead and share your thoughts. I suppose. Um. Well. The the thoughts themselves have to stay in the journal. That's that's not for um, for public consumption. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm putting down in our notes to talk about journaling when you're just talking. Wow, this is that kind of night. Um. All right. So they. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I was a little jealous of how you you've had this practice of journaling for much longer than I understood. And I was like, I wish I was the kind of person that had a journal going back that far. <laughs> so it did stick in my head. And then, uh, in the last month or two there, I just feel like I've been bombarded by, uh, blog posts and people mentioning in podcasts and conversations with people of all these journaling stuff. And I'm sure it's the, is it Bader Meinhof is the cognitive bias where when something's on your mind, you see more evidence of it. Um, mm. Like when you buy a car that you thought was really unique sure. and you see that car everywhere. It, <laughs> yeah. it was on my mind about that. Like, Oh, I wish I, I could journal like Danny. Everybody loves Danny. I want to have a journal like Danny does. <laughs> and then, so everywhere I'm like, Oh, here's a way you can journal when you're journaling. Think about this. So I'm like, that's it. I'm going to go buy a journal. And so there was like one day I got like, Apropos of nothing, well, apropos of all kinds of things, I guess. I was like, I'm going to go get a fancy journal and a fancy pen, and I'm going to be a journal boy. And <laughs> I, I did such early, and then now I'm trying to do like every morning, I move stuff. Like I look at my calendar, and I look at my to do list, I look at all my things, and I actually like put into the journal like this is what today is actually going to be. So like the to do list on my app to do, I use Todoist. That's now like the capture and organization method. But throughout the day, I'm not working off of that. I'm working off of my journal. 
um, and same thing with the calendar. Like I use, we use Google calendar, but like Google calendar is supposed to be for the, if it needs to go in the calendar, if I need to set a reminder or a notification, something like that, that works. But then really it's the morning of, or the night before I'm seeing something on the calendar and I put it into the journal and throughout the day, I'm just working off the journal. That's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do. It's uh it's been a big switch for me. Really big. Yeah. yeah. But then like a lot running alongside of that, I'm trying to then like write. So basically it, I'm roughly doing something kind of like bullet journal where like there's you, you kind of have your daily log, but then as you need to, you, you devote some pages to being about like an idea and then you can have that idea indexed so you can find it again whenever you need it. So like I have a comic section where I kind of have the notes about like, these are the comics that I'm, I'm watching how popular they may or not be. So if they have a second printing, I might get them or I might want to get the trade when that's available in six months, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, just, I have that idea of going from Burl journal, but like I'm wanting to do also some of that. Um, like, here's what I'm feeling about this thing or this happened that I wasn't expecting. And like, I'm trying to like, be conscious about what I'm thinking and doing, clearing my head and all that. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about journaling. Yeah, sure. So I just talked a lot when I actually was also just wanted to hear about your 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 journaling currently. What's your journaling practice look like? I mean, mine is very just. I don't. You said something about bullet journaling. I have no idea what that is, but I feel like that's probably close to what mine is. Just look, you know, what it sounds like. I pretty much, I try to just keep track of what I'm doing in a day and uh, just get, you know, the bullet points of it. And if I'm in a, you know, if I'm in a mood, I might <laughs> write about the mood I'm in. <laughs> the, I think it, the funny thing about bullet journaling is um, if you talk to the guy that invented bullet journaling, what you just said is kind of what the point was. It was invented by this guy that has ADHD and he invented a system when he was in grade school about how to like keep track of what needed to get done so that he wouldn't get yelled at. Mm-hmm. So he like he needed a very simple way of organizing the stuff that he's supposed to focus on so that he could just actually get it all done because it, the focus wasn't there, right? Um, yeah. And as he shared that with the world and kind of shared a system, what it also then turned into, there, if you like Google for bullet journal – or if you look for bullet journal on Instagram or YouTube, you're going to see a practice that is not what you just said. It is not (laughs) going to be about bullet points and just getting things out (laughs) or just like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's going to, it's been dominated now by people that would like to spend an hour and a half beautifully uh, using calligraphy to spell out the name of the month at the top of the page and then putting stickers around it. Mm -hmm. And like, and also, like, I, this, I don't mean to dump on those people. Like, if whatever you need out of your journaling practice, do it. That's great. But, like, it is funny that you and I both were like, well, I need to get stuff into paper sometimes. Like, yeah. <laughs> stuff has to move from the brain to the paper. Yeah. And, I mean, the whole practice for me started when I was in my, my first belt of unemployment. And it was literally just to, so I could go back and be like, okay, here's how much time I'm like straight up wasting Uh, (laughs) here. I actually did something a little productive. So like, you know, if I needed to be like, okay, I am doing some things. It made me feel a little bit better. It's also good to categorize which of the wasted times was like, I wasted this time, but it was so good. I really wanted to waste (laughs) that time. (laughs) That's all my wasted time. (laughs) 
it all feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> was also really excited about uh something i beat in final fantasy 14 oh do tell <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding was, tell me I mean, it was just a raid a uh it was it's they're called like the extreme trials so it was just like a hard the first like step up from like the normal gameplay something into the heart for like the more hardcore fans you know extreme trials is a very good uh podcast episode title thank you for that you're welcome <laughs> so you, you would go in uh it was like it gets to the point where you're not looking for just like random people you're looking for specific people who know what they're doing mm-hmm. you have to know what you're doing like i was playing a i think i was still playing healer mainly there and like if you go in blind you're not going to clear it you have to like do some research on it and watch a video and yeah like memorize like mechanics and one person not doing their job for even just the moment could ruin the whole thing. Yes. Everybody has to execute pretty precisely or it makes it hell for your healers, which I loved. (laughs) 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 Uh, You know, I'll send you a link to like the video, like one of the prep videos. uh, So you can get a taste of, so you can get a taste of it and you can post it for the listeners. I will. I'm making a note. I'm really making use of this timestamp node thing. So (laughs) definitely want the link to the prep video. Yeah. Uh, So is there, are there like names for the, for the each trial? Like, did you say the name was, I just didn't catch it because I'm too dumb. Uh, like the one, it was just named after like the boss you were fighting. Like that was fighting Titania, Titania, which was just, yeah. So like there's the normal versions of it, which you play through in like the storyline. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, for like the hardcore MMO fans who are trying to get into like the rating stuff, this was like one of the first steps towards that. So, is it would it be a thing that anybody would say I am the expert on Titania? When when you're ready to really take Titania, come and work with me, and you have to give me some in-game loot or something for it. Is that a thing? No, not necessarily. Uh, it's just when when you defeat it, it gives a drop, and uh, it's random who wins the drop. Ah, okay. So people are wanting to farm it. You know, you have to beat it sometimes hundred times to get what you want. Oh. Yeah. It's very grindy, but it's still fun. I, I think I, I did it like 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> but you finally got yeah. the thing you wanted? Yeah. You get a cool mount. It was a dragon you could fly around on. Ooh. I want Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you ever been doing an extreme trial and somebody completely Leroy Jenkins did yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. That happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Usually, you just leave the group and try to find another group, or kick them out if you're in charge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it was it was just one step up from like casual playthrough. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're going in with like a with your guild members or whatever. Have you watched yeah. the guild, the Felicia Day show? No. We should do that together. That'd be a good bonding. What experience. platform is it on? I'm sure it's all on YouTube. Um, oh yeah. And actually, I think it might be on Netflix too now. Oddly enough, but I think <laughs> it was even like I think they put it on YouTube originally. 
Hmm. Um, so I should probably just say also for the show. So the guild is um, Felicia Day. You might know her from she was had a recurring character on Supernatural. She uh, what else would people know her from? I mean, the guild is what kind of put her on the spot. She got to oh she was in Buffy or one of the Joss Whedon shows. Um, I think it was Buffy. One second. This is what the internet is for. What, what, was it Buffy the Vampire Slayer that Felicia Day was on, or was it a different Joss Whedon show? Um, Bert doesn't know either. What's the internet say? I'm not seeing Buffy. I'm pretty sure that would be pretty high up on her you'd, list you'd here. I think so. Um, yeah. And, but honestly, she may have been a, it may have been a pretty bit role. Um, I mean, if they're listening to our podcast, they're probably into nerd culture enough to know. <laughs> yeah, Felicia. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, and that's really what it is, is she's like a nerd. Well, there it is. It's at the very back end of the Google search for some reason. Yeah, she must have had some role in Buffy. There we go. Yeah, eight episodes in 2003. Yeah. She was like somebody's little sister or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, but she, and she did a lot of character acting, and but like eventually with the guild and past that, she uh, kind of just became this like nerd icon, and she did the con circuit, and it's about... Uh, this fictional MMO guild and they're just hijinks and being nerds in the real world. And the, the, the realization that all their friends they've actually never met in person. And so they finally meet in person and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a good show. You need, you need to watch the guild. Actually, I take yeah. it back. Uh, we, we should watch the guild. Uh, it might not be a good show anymore. I have no idea how well it ages. But <laughs> <laughs> Not a guild stand. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put my reputation on the line for this. <laughs> this is incredible content we're putting out, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> there was something I heard today about. Uh, it wasn't. I don't. Know. There was. There was a distinction I heard about like an aging indie rock star that was like still famous enough to not really have to work, but not famous enough to be like filthy rich. And so sure. they're talking about like on their Instagram, it's them like going on motorcycle rides every weekend and and then like barbecuing and they're like, he's not putting out content. He's just putting out what he's doing. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. That's what, that's what more people should be here. That's, that's what our podcast is. It's just what we're doing. <laughs> just... Digga digga, follow up. So, uh, in my ongoing love of X-Men and trying to catch up with X-Men lore, I have completed watching all the X-Men movies that Danny loaned me, which uh, most recently was X-Men First Class and X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, Both very enjoyable. Yes. I liked them. Yeah. Do you have any opinions about these movies which you would like to express? Um... First class. I was surprised that you told me you liked first class actually, uh, especially since you hated on the original trilogy pretty hard. <laughs> I, and I actually still stand by that pretty firmly. Actually, watching these yeah. two makes me hate the original trilogy even more. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I maybe I just need to rewatch the trilogy, and I'm just going off in nostalgia. But I feel I, I remember watching first class and be like, eh. It's not quite up there with like X two, but uh, 
Days of Future Past is great. Yeah, I think Days of Future Past is is clearly the best of them. Uh, I, I I've not seen like the Wolverine movies, and and I don't know if we're gonna yeah, count Deadpool with this. That's that's also technically part of X Men saga, sure. I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, of the uh, the first three X Men, and then First Class Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past is clearly the best one, and I liked it a yeah. lot more than I even like. I came into a thing like this is the best one, but then with first class, I enjoyed it, but like, I'm not sure it's like, I'm not sure I'd call first class like a great movie or anything, but I just enjoyed it more sure. than I thought it would. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's just call it a good movie. And then Days of Future Past was like, oh, this is like legitimate. I really, I really yeah. like some of the, the storytelling and it's, I think it was an interesting, even though like I know the relationship of Magneto to Xavier and all the give and take. Like it still hurts my soul every time that Michael Fassbender like looks and turns evil for a minute. <laughs> every time, every time it's like, damn it, Magneto! Every time. I wish I could quit I you. That. Yeah, exactly. I love that character so much. <laughs> it's so good. And yeah, and and I think uh, the the new actors. I can't remember who played. Uh, Charles Xavier, the new uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, I think both of them did a really, really good job. And they had like yeah. huge shoes to fill. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I think they both did a pretty good job. In Days of Future Past, I I, I couldn't help but keep on thinking about um, the Matrix movies, the second and third Matrix movies specifically, where so much of the plot is like. In real time, it's happening in the real world where people are just kind of like tensely sitting around in a ship or in the home or whatever watching somebody else that's laying in a, in a chair while they're in the Matrix and all the action is happening. Yeah. And I was just, I even told Bird today, I'm like, I bet Ian McKellen had to do like one day of shooting on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he had, because he had to like yeah. sit there and look at a chair with, you know, cramped room with six people for, a few hours of shooting and then he had to go onto yeah. the green screen and kind of hold his hands out yeah, and fling some metal. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen Page was probably there for 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Patrick Stewart may have had to do a few more days. He had a, he had a couple things, but yeah, yeah, he had some important things, but yeah, this, <laughs> it's too funny. This incredible cast and their whole job is to kind of sit in a room and go, Hmm, what's going to happen? <laughs> We're going to sit here and die. <laughs> Hopefully it all works out. <laughs> it's fan service, Alice. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it was very good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it's on par with uh, a lot of like the MCU type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like I always have at the pinnacle of my superhero movies. I still think the Dark Knight is just so good. Oh, for sure. I think that's still the standard I compare, and I don't, it's not up on on that level. But uh, yes, something like that's totally fair. Yeah. I, yeah, but, I think Days of Future Past is definitely up there. With, like it would be a good MCU movie. Like I would watch Days of Future Past yeah. again. I just watched it today. If someone said came up to me randomly tomorrow, said "Hey, up with us on," I'd say, "Yeah, sure." Like. I didn't feel that way after seeing Ant-Man 2 or Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp, right? Like, it's like if someone wanted to watch that the day after, I'd be like, I just watched that yesterday. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of had that feeling. I don't know how you feel about the whole MCU at this point, but I'm almost kind of done with it. Like, I have no excitement for any of their upcoming projects. Yeah, I I guess I'm not really even, like, I've not even thought about it in that respect, right? Uh, yeah. The, I, I honestly just wish there wasn't even so much time as there was between Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Because it may, like, I just didn't care about Infinity War, like, at all. Because we knew there was going to be another one. And I was like, it's just going to be, they're going to just make us sad. (laughs) Then I have to be sad for a year or six months or whatever it was. And so then I just didn't get hyped up for it at all. I think we, I even waited until it was on, uh, like on services and stuff. I think I watched it on Netflix. But then, uh, I, I really enjoyed Endgame. So hitting that was really good. I was, I I was still, I was hyped for that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what the next MCU stuff coming out is. Yeah, like I know there was a Black Widow movie. I don't know if that even came out. It was scheduled during pandemic stuff. I have no idea whatever happened to it. I'm not sure I ever even really heard about it. Maybe that might be my own, um, you know, flawed male centricity. But yeah, it looks like the release date is November 6th. Maybe. Maybe not. No, that was it was supposed to be oh, November sixth, yeah, so and they back. yeah to May seventh of next year, which is smart. Yep. Yeah, I think because if you were to ask me, I would still say I, I'm excited about Marvel stuff. I mean, I'm reading a lot mm-hmm. of Marvel comics, and actually, I've even just kind of learned that in general, a lot of people are it kind of that were very much Marvel fans are actually kind of more moving to DC stuff now. Because they feel like the Marvel mm-hmm. comics have been watered down based on MCU stuff. Sure. And I'm like, that's really interesting to note because like, I'm just now figuring out this Marvel stuff. <laughs> 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 Which we're going to save uh, X, more of the X-Men comics talk for a couple weeks from now because more and more stuff is going to keep happening. But no, the next episode, listener, get ready for some X-Men comic talk. Uh, yeah, like... I don't think I, I've not like lost the idea of I like the movies and I and if I have to pick easy entertainment, I'd probably rather watch an MCU movie than a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just not there's not really excitement to it anymore. It's not like it's a not a novel thing. Whereas it was sure when Iron Man first came out, it was like wow, they're gonna make uh, still campy, still comic-y superhero movies that are still that are now actually really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. we're gonna get a Dark Knight that actually nails it the way that like Joker tried to, um, you don't think Robert Pattinson's the savior <laughs> or Patterson or whatever his name is. <laughs> Although I'm actually optimistic. I'm more optimistic about him than some people. Um, yeah, me too. Actually. I don't think it'll be awful. Well, I, I don't think he'll be awful. Sorry. Yeah. Who knows about the actual movie? <laughs> it, right. Yeah. That, I guess that's what I meant to like it. Can't we can't uh, completely write off all his career just because he was in Twilight, right? I mean, sure, yeah, I agree. But uh, I heard that they're going to be doing a Flashpoint movie at some point soon, and in that storyline, there's like an uh, I, I'm not an expert on this, so I could be totally getting this wrong. Uh, there's like in a, a something that happens where basically there's like an alternate universe where. Uh, Bruce Wayne dies in instead of the parents in the origin story, and so the dad becomes Batman, but he's like an old man. Oh, and interesting. Apparently, Michael Keaton is going to play that Batman. 
Who? Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to have like 90s Batman being a crazy old man. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. That, is that the film title? Crazy old Batman? <laughs> I know your answer is no, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Did you follow anything about the phase one of the CrossFit games? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Tell me all about it. <laughs> um, some people pushed some things around. They were kind of heavy. <laughs> they might have lifted them a couple times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong. So who... <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite push things around things guy <laughs> um uh yeah you got me there isn't it like uh it's matt mercer right <laughs> matt mercer, yeah <laughs> uh matt fraser is the guy you're thinking of okay uh we're gonna edit this down but i would like you to spend the next three minutes and 30 seconds watching this video okay i'm ready whenever skipping the ads Okay, you ready? Buttery bros. Buttery bros. <laughs> All right, okay. here we go. Three, two, one, play. So what you're watching here, the Buttery Bros are a couple of uh, documentary filmmakers that they also run uh -huh. this YouTube channel. They used to work for CrossFit headquarters. Look how fast he is moving that barbell. Is that Matt that Fraser? Is Matt Who is that? Fraser. That is the four-time okay. fittest man on earth, reigning champion. This would be his fifth title if he goes all the way. Um, does, isn't he a really good dungeon master, too? <laughs> he does all the voices. He's a voice actor, so he can really yeah, get the him. character. Um, but the Buttery Bros were the guys that made the documentaries that I love so much and keep watching. But they used to work for CrossFit, and they made them for CrossFit. And then when CrossFit fired uh -huh. their whole media team, they went independent. And so this YouTube channel like funds their documentary making. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so what you're watching here is a workout called Friendly Fran uh, that Matt Fraser won this event. Fran is like a really well-known CrossFit workout where you do 21 of that barbell movement you saw. It's a thruster where you squat down, and then you, as you come up from the squat, you immediately do a push press. And then 21 uh, chest-to-bar pull-ups. And, and then you go down to 15 and 15 and 9 and 9. So it's called 21-15-9 of thrusters and pull-ups. Friendly Fran is they changed that to 21, 21, 21. And they moved the weight up too uh, for their CrossFit Gates here. Anybody that's a normal person would sell their soul for the time that he gets on this workout with normal Fran. And they made it like more than twice as hard. And he put up this time. The second place competitor did it in 50 seconds longer. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the whole runtime of this video is 3.32, 3.31, and I think he did this in 3.08. But like, does he look even tired as he's doing those pull-ups? No. Not at all. This, this blows my mind to watch him do this. This is why I love this sport. Because I'm just imagining myself struggling to get my half of one strict pull-up, and he can do these 21 chest-to-bar without even trying. One thruster at 95 cooks me. And he just... So how much is he lifting there? How much is that? Uh, that is... 30, 30, 115? 
So yeah, normally this workout's at 95 and it's meant to be like a, a light to moderate barbell. So 115 uh-huh. kind of moves to a normal person. That's like a moderate to heavy on a, for fast paced uh-huh. stuff. But for them, it's pretty light. Um, so that was the right move. Basically the thought was this was supposed to be like, Hey, Fran is a good benchmark for everybody to like measure your progress. And it's, it's, it's really well known that the first time you do Fran, you puke. That's like a thing. Um, so this adjustment to all 21s and then moving the weight up was like, it's the Fran for the elite now because it's still a light bar to them. I'm still like trying to like digest this, like that pull up technique. It's so weird. Oh yeah. So that's a CrossFit thing. Have you ever, you ever seen anybody do that before? No. Uh, so that's called a butterfly kip. This is actually probably the thing that is most controversial about CrossFit as an activity, as a sport, as anything is that style of kipping pull up. Do you want the full story of how that exists or it, not really, okay. but like what <laughs> kipping kipping? Yeah. So, um, so normally a pull up, if you start your, you jump up to a bar, so you're completely hanging, then you would like activate your lats so that your shoulders are kind of active. And then you would just pull with your arms and you work your way up. And so you're like, you're like directly beneath the bar. And then you don't, you pretty much always stay directly beneath the bar during that whole pull. Right. That's a, that's yeah. a strict dead hang pull up. Yeah. Um, kipping is kind of the idea of you're going to use momentum to help you up, but yeah. you could do a kipping pull up. That is not that. So, uh, you, what's more common is it called a C kip pull up where you can kind of imagine where you start off instead of like when you activate your lats and you come up just a little bit, instead of pulling straight up, you kind of push off the bar and you move back a little bit and then you like swing forward and then as you swing back, you kind of take a little C curve up to the top of the bar. So that's the C kip. And that's actually way more common. Most people, when if if you just go to a typical CrossFit box and you see people doing it for hand, they're mo- most of them are probably going to be doing that C kip pull-up. Because yeah. it's just you like this was yeah, so th- to like my untrained eye, he's like he's doing like this full circular motion, right? Yes, yes. And that's like a that's basically a CrossFit invention. Because what came about was in the CrossFit Games in 2009, I think it was, maybe 2008, they they came up with the chest-to-bar standard instead of chin-over-bar. So when you did the pull-up, you just you had to move all the way to your chest instead of just your chin, sure. right? And people, when, it, when that standard was first introduced, nobody was doing anything like that. They were still doing C-kipping. But then, like, after that, over the next year, somebody basically invented that. I forget the name of the guy. And during the judging standards that when the next time they did chest of bar pull-ups, he said, I figured out this way of getting a chest of bar pull-up. I'm going to do that. Will it be scored that way? And in CrossFit games, they had kind of decided as a sport that uh, to set themselves differently from powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, they weren't going to necessarily judge any of the process of, of a movement. So long as your start was right and your end was right. So you did the full range of motion. They didn't really care how you got there. They will let you explode your back during a snatch if you want to. The The phrase that they use was that's between you and your chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the spirit of that, when the guy did that at the CrossFit Games, like, well, so long as you start with your arms fully extended and you end 
with your chest over the bar, I don't see why not. And like, if you bust your shoulders up, you bust your shoulders up. Um, and what they, what's been found since then is when you execute that butterfly kip correctly, it's actually like, it's actually a, I say, I keep saying actually, I don't know why I'm actually, actually, actually <laughs> it is, it's very different from a strict pull-up it is, it is not, you're not going to get better at pull-ups by doing that kip, but it is a very effective way to get through those angels of motion very fast. And it's entirely safe. So long as you do the extension and flexion of your back correctly. The, but one of the controversies of doing this kind of pull up in CrossFit is there are way too many people that start doing it when they're not ready for it and they don't do the motion well. And then they do bust their shoulders out. Yeah. I was going to say, just like I said, on my casual first viewing of that, I was like, Holy crap. It looks, it looks very efficient yes. from a physics standpoint, yes. but it looks very dangerous. It can, it can be. Yeah. Oh, there's also plenty of people that like they're on some kind of rig setup where there's like a second bar behind them and they'll kip up and they just smack their head into another bar. They people do all kinds of stupid stuff in CrossFit. I love it. That's too funny. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what he's really doing there, it's it's less of an arm movement and becomes more of a midline and shoulder movement. Yeah, exactly. Because you are yeah. – as you come over the bar, you kind of land at your end range of motion in your full back uh, extension. Yeah. And then you kip back into flexion and you're flexing so much that it propels you up. And then you only use your shoulders to get you up over the bar after that. And then as you come down into the kip, you're going into full extension again. So you're, it's almost like you're um, like plucking a string and then you're just like going through the momentum of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And yeah. you're having to do a lot less straight up and down. So you're recruiting more muscles than you do in a normal pull up. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So that, from just watching that video, that that's what like, Caught my eye first. Uh, I guess the other stuff's impressive, but <laughs> again, it's kind of out of context for me. Yeah, I kind of hated there was like some kind of like dubstep in the background that was kind of annoying. Nah. gotta talk chess of course there's a after watching that video there's a thumbnail here that it wants me to watch some more of there was a online tournament uh the st louis chess club was hosting it huge tournament lots of gms like magnus was there uh hikaru was there pretty much like some of the top players do you recall the name of it because i always seem to remember that they have like a pretty big invitational that i used to follow if you give me like Two more seconds. Take two to get seconds because it's just on the tip of my tongue. I remember seeing stories about this back in the day. Of course, and I can't find the thumb. Like I saw the thumbnail, I closed it. Now there's a different thumbnail. Of course. Uh, I mean, it might even just Rapid. be like the St. Louis Chess Invitational or something like that. But St. Louis Rapid and Blitz 2020 is what I'm finding. Okay, so maybe it's not the same event that I'm used to thinking about. But yeah, that's it. That's like a great facility. Well, I've only seen videos of it, but. Anyway, carry on. So you're watching – YouTube's telling you to watch this video. <laughs> yeah, it was very entertaining. Uh, I've been watching uh, Levy Rosman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gotham Chess is his like his tags and everything. He's got some good recap videos on them. But uh, on the last day, 
there was it's this is all streamed so like you know i guess i'm assuming most of the participants are just at home mm-hmm. doing whatever there is really funny because magnus was playing hikaru in blitz so like this is a big like hyped up match right everybody wants to see them because they're like sure, yeah. the top two yeah. <laughs> and magnus shows up and he's just like hikaru's sitting there waiting and he shows up like he makes his move and like 30 seconds pass and magnus isn't even in frame <laughs> He's not even at his computer. And then he sh- he shows up, like, without a shirt on and, like, makes his first move and he jumps out of the frame for a second. And then he, like, comes back in frame, like, buttoning up a shirt and <laughs> getting back. <laughs> it's just hilarious because it's, like, there's, like, thousands of dollars on the line here. And <laughs> I guess I'll put a shirt cash- on. <laughs> yeah. And he spots a car with, like, a minute in, like, a three-minute game. What a power move. <laughs> Or like a five, maybe it was five minutes. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. <laughs> Did he win? No, he ended up like blundering really poorly. <laughs> he played a really bad. Well, there game. you go, sir. Doesn't right. It's a so meeting lesson, of minds, sir. boys and girls, is uh, make sure you're fully dressed before your chess match. <laughs> so, and what do you think after we were talking about buying uh, uh, double lift TSM jerseys and then? Hikaru signs with TSM now. I, you know, once I haven't looked to see if they've released any TSM Hikaru. I've been looking I, and they have not, and it makes me kind of upset. I bet, I bet it'll come. I think there should be at least like, a, like a TSM chessboard, or <laughs> or maybe like a, well, like I a mean, dress right, jacket. Right now, I'm sure all of their resources are going into worlds for league. That's, that's pretty much I'm, like that whole organization is probably dysfunctioning. Actually, I think they have another major tournament in like Valorant, which is a shooting game. I think there's they might be doing like worlds for that, too. So I think they have a lot on their plate. <laughs> but that makes more you know. sense if you're if you're thinking about this uh, business organization is trying to make, you know, the, the best decisions for them. What they should be focusing on is our desires. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Which is that I would like a TSM Hikaru jersey. <laughs> I think it definitely does solidify that if I'm going to be fans of any esports outfit, this is probably the one. Like since they 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 invested in chess before other people really got into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know one of the teams was looking at in looking at signing Magnus Magnus Carlson. But uh, I don't know if anything's ever come. He doesn't even wear shirts. That. <laughs> That's right. That's poor marketing. <laughs> How far away is the League Worlds? Uh, it starts on the 25th. So that's this Friday as of this recording. Oh, buddy. Yeah, it's the play-in. Um, so it's like uh, the play-in phase will be... There's some teams from the major regions, so the major regions being China, Korea, Europe, and North America. Mm-hmm. There's some, like, uh, Team Liquid from North America is trying to play in, and that's the only notable name I remember off the top of my head. And then there's some there's other teams from, like, some of the other smaller regions. Uh, I don't remember all of it exactly off the top of my head, right. but that happens this weekend... And maybe a little bit 
longer into that. I know they play they play quite a few games. Well, I'm looking forward to watching that since I've still remained hyped about League since the LCS games that we were watching together stopped, yeah. ended, completed. Do you have any big predictions? Who's going to no, take it all? I'm I'm pretty in the dark. Like everybody uh, is saying, like the Chinese league was really strong this year. So I think it's, it's a damn Wan gaming, something like that. Who's like the first seed, if you will, the favorites. They're from South Korea. Mm. Looks like the favorites from the Chinese league is top esports. Top esports. That's it. Yep. Maybe is it, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not well versed in this, <laughs> but I know Top Esports has like some of the best players in the world right now. Well, if there's anyone that wants to come for uh, League of Legends content, I'm sorry to let you down. We only talk about League of Legends, what we're doing on this show. <laughs> yeah, we only post what we're doing, not content. Alex got his first win. Versus live players true. a couple nights ago. Which, which I believe also included my first kill against live players. <laughs> Good times. It's okay. You know, you, you don't have to kill people in the game. You just... Uh... I mean, that's true. I've seen some very... Someone would call it like a, a soccer-like game where it's just a lot of objectives and... yeah. Not a lot of killing. I don't really feel bad about killing dragons. You know, they're just going to keep <laughs> on showing up in the same spot. Then they have they deserve what's coming. You know, uh, whereas the other people playing, I want them to have a good time. Why would I hurt uh-huh. their experience like that? <laughs> you see, I had that mindset, and then we were getting spanked. So I was just like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to kill everybody all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it still brings me a lot of joy that we were playing a game where you were... You know, winning your lane so hard that you started to feel bad and decided not to bully on somebody. And then in the same game, you're like, well, learn loud. I'm going to keep bullying them. Never doing that again. Like we watched your mercy <laughs> die in 20 minutes. <laughs> like, I'm- Well, it's because there was somebody else who was, you know, at my level, but they were, uh, they, they didn't show mercy. And so that they just steamrolled over everyone. Yep. yep. It's like, well, lesson learned. No, no. Oh God! What's the what's the what's the Cobra Kai thing? Like sh- strike first, strike hard. No mercy. <laughs> <laughs> first blood turret falls. No mercy. <laughs> so have you uh, picked your non-support role? I know that was something you were playing around with. Oh yeah, it's definitely mid. Mm-hmm. What made you choose yeah. that? That's where most like the magey type characters are, which is what I like to play. A little bit less clicky. I don't have to like practice my mechanics. I can just pick them up and play, you yeah. know. Like a role like bottom lane ADC, mm-hmm. you have to click a lot and you have to you have to develop some just like mechanical skill, not just like technical knowledge and game sense. I want all game but sense. It's- or are you? I want, I want to be. I, I don't. I don't have any sense. <laughs> I don't have common sense. I'm always like, Alex, Alex, Alex yeah, do this. Alex, do this. But like, <laughs> Alex, don't do but that. But that's what I want you to do. That's what I want to learn. <laughs> yeah, so I think 
if you if when you're queuing up you should do support as your second because that that's a how i learned all my game yeah. sets that's like the one of the primary jobs of support you have to put down wards and see vision so you can see where the enemy is you have to have an idea where they are all the time i definitely need to get but i feel like i try to put down wards and i'm I never have them in the spot where they end up would be useful, or maybe I just they yeah. always get taken down before I need them, or I don't know. I'm, I need to get better at that. There's so much to get better at. It's such a deep game for being such a simple concept. It's insanely deep, and that's that's the replay value. That's why it's been around for over a decade. It's as deep as Matt Fraser squats, Yikes. all the way to the ground. So deep. Yikes. What you're reading these days? I've been going through a lot of books and not finishing any of them. Uh, so, <laughs> I yeah, I've had I've had trouble. Like, I mean, I haven't been going through a lot of books. I picked up one and I struggled, and I just gave it up recently. So much book for Danny. Lots of book. Yeah, so much book. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I actually couldn't remember what book that was. You when you texted me, you said like you're done reading the Zen one. Exactly right. right? Yeah, what, what was it supposed to be? <laughs> Uh, I can't even tell you the exact title. Oh, it was uh, Beginner Mind. It was a, oh, yeah, a Zen yeah. book. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to get hyped up for like some meditation practice and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, if you're... All right, okay, let's put a pin in that, meditation practice. Uh, so what book, what book are you reading successfully? Or are you still in a... Are you about to quit a book? Wait, uh, I, I sent you a text message, and I was like, I'm going back to Old Faithful. Do you know what that means? No. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, oh. wait, 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 wait. Yes, yes. I, I, uh, 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 1984. Of yeah, course, there yeah. There was, a, there was a point in my life where I was proud of the fact that, like, I read this book so much. I love this book. <laughs> <laughs> Does 1984 feel different in a uh, Zoom conference called Dominated World? Uh, yes. I'm, yes and no. You know, there's so many. It's just there's. This is depressing to talk about because there's just so many parallels. Talk about it. <laughs> Discuss what you're doing. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, we don't want to get too political in here, but it just feels. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't put too much thought into okay. it. I literally just started reading the book again, like two days sure. ago. So, well, it may explain a little bit why it's your old faithful. Because I, I I knew that was your old faithful. I'm not. I'm. I don't really know actually about what your history with the book is. Oh, I just I just love the book. I don't know. It just it really resonated with me. I liked. I read it in high school. Like we did, like it's a typical like freshman type of thing to read Animal Farm, right? I think so. Yeah. And then uh, I uh, just dug into nineteen eighty four on my own after that, because yeah. I really enjoyed Animal Farm. I like Animal Farm a lot too. Yeah. Did not like the Boston I mean, Crusaders show about Animal Farm, but <laughs> I like the book. But uh, yeah, there's not too much other story about it. Just really, I don't know. It clicked with me. I've never been like super political or been. I, I did read so like I was into dystopian no novels for a while after that. Uh, like I was reading some Margaret Atwood stuff. That sounds like a name I'm supposed to know, and I don't. What, what am I uh, the big thing, it's uh, Handmaid's Tale. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably what I've heard. Of. I'm pretty sure I've not read it. I'm pretty know. sure that's I'm pretty sure that's Margaret Atwood. Yeah, I don't think I ever read that novel. Um, my my favorite from her was Oryx and Crake, but yeah, that came out in 2003. So I remember reading that pretty clearly, I'm liking that one. Do you have any uh, interest in actually doing like a book clubby, read the book together, discuss the book, like that kind of thing? Because I could get down with some kind of dystopian novel at some point. Yeah, maybe. Okay, we'll put a pin in that too. Listener, at some point we're going to do a dystopian book club. And Danny's going to pick the book and we'll talk about it. We can do a read along. Perfect. We read books. We don't we don't talk about books. We talk about what we read. And this is the process of reading, right? This has been a journey for us. Have you been diligent? Have you been diligent with your 10 pages a day? I was not, but I read 40 pages yesterday and today. So that's like eight days made up. So yeah, I've, I've kind of binged lately too. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like it's into the month syndrome for me. I feel like, okay, I really want to finish a book a month. I've been on that st- I haven't been on the 10 pages a day streak, but I've been on the book a month. Sure. Streak. Yeah. I think, I think I've probably stuck <laughs> to that. Um, I feel like I actually ripped through like three in a row really fast, like earlier this month or late last month. So I yeah. probably hit that average of a book a month this year. Yeah. But like 10 pages a day, eesh, I was really slacking on that early, earlier this month. Yeah. Honestly, I was, I was slacking on a lot of like habit based stuff in the last few weeks. It's just been yeah. Life's been hitting hard, so it's, yeah. Something it's something in the air. Yeah, because I, I feel that too. We're we're getting through it though. It's not it's not about life. It's about the life we're doing. So the books that what? I gave up on, uh, <laughs> I was <Yeah>. reading. <laughs> uh, Ego is the enemy by Ryan Holiday. Okay. Uh, have you heard of that book? No. So he's the guy. He also wrote. The obstacle is the way, and his stuff. He he basically used to write. He wrote a couple of business books, but then he one of his side passions, I guess you could call it, was learning about Stoicism. In like, so this is Marcus mm-hmm. Aurelius and Epictetus and uh, several Seneca and these guys. I really like Ryan Holiday's writing. But for whatever reason, I don't like reading it consistently. Like, I'd be like, I really want to read some of it one day. And then I don't pick it up again for a while. And I kind of chew on it and think about it. And it's it was hard to kind of just read it every day. And I got it from the library. And I just didn't rush through it like I needed to to keep it. So, bailed on it. And, like, you know, it's whatever, library book. I can get it again another time. But it was it was good. I've got nothing bad to say about it. But... It's just a little dense to rush, you know. If I if I buy that book, yeah. which I probably will buy it because I was enjoying it, uh, I'll just, I can take it at my own pace, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I started reading on Cal Newport's mailing list, email list. He advised that there was this documentary coming out about Claude Shannon, who is a, I guess, computer scientist, um, general scientist, engineering guy. He invented the idea of information like as something that could be conceptualized. So are you aware of the, the technical word of bit B I T right? Um, I mean, I've heard the word. I don't, I couldn't explain what a bit is. It's 
some kind well, of memory unit. Well, right? tell him it didn't exist. He's the guy that hmm. invented the bit. So yeah. So uh, you can even think of just this, like that people understood about electric currents, that electric current could be on and off, but the idea that on and off could be represented by a zero and one, and then enough zeros and ones could mean things was like that conceptual leap. He's the guy that made that leap. So in a lot of hmm. ways you could say that like you, you could do worse than to point him out as one of the most influential figures in like in computing in technology. Sure. But the thing that made him interesting, and that's what this documentary was about in the book documentary is based on um, a biography was he was also just kind of a kooky guy in like, he liked tinkering. He like, he was a big proponent of juggling. He would teach everybody that he meant how to juggle. Like there, there was some big award ceremony. He got this like lifetime achievement award thing. He was supposed to give it a speech. He read like one index card said, eh, that's enough of that. And then he just stood on stage and juggled for a few minutes and then walked off. <laughs> he like made a flamethrower and he would make these like odd machines uh you've probably even seen a gif of like the box that you flip a switch and then a hand pops out of the box flips those switch backs and it pops back in the box i've never seen oh that that's well that's a thing that's, that's often shared he invented that uh, like he just <laughs> he would invent these like silly little games and stuff he was just a funny person um and so like everybody that knew him like loved him because he's just this incredible kooky genius <laughs> so anyway I, I, I heard about that from Cal Newport's mailing list and I, I want to watch the documentary at some point I think it's on Amazon um, and I went ahead and got the book from the library and I started reading it and I was enjoying it and it's still on my coffee table I might go back to it but again it just kind of wasn't I was enjoying it couldn't see anything bad it just wasn't like grabbing me right I wasn't wanting sure. to binge it and apparently I'm in a mood to binge and nothing else um, <laughs> sure all I have to say now I am and binging a book, and it is the sequel to the absolutely remarkable thing novel that I read earlier that my yeah. mom recommended. And it was because she mm-hmm. recommended I read this one, but I had to read the first one first. And sure. I'm loving this. I'm about 25% <laughs> through it. I basically read it all that 25% yesterday and today. So next time we record, I'll probably be done. We could talk about it. But it's, it's nice. wonderful. It's a joy of a novel. <laughs> Nice. We might just have a, a book heavy episode next time because I'm part of my trip to visit my mom. I'm probably going to be binging 1984. Do you like audiobooks? Because that drive would probably be a good audiobook. Yeah, I've always been more of a visual person. So I don't know. I, I might I might try it. I've never tried an audiobook, though. If you, have you read Red Shirts by John Scalzi? No. You should get the audiobook of Red Shirts. It's narrated by Will Wheaton, and it's an, a great book, and it's very fun. It won the Hugo Award for Best Science Fiction Novel, and it's just lovely. So you should get the audiobook for Red Shirts. So how long is, like, an audiobook then, on average? Do you know? Oh, on average, like a like a 300-page book is probably, like, 12 to 15 hours. Maybe that's not terrible. That that would be the drive there and the drive back. Yeah. the The real thing with audiobooks you kind of have to watch for is whether or not they're abridged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's actually seven tough. hours. Seven hours, forty one minutes. It's a it's a it's a nice. short book though. If that makes sense. Yeah. My my go to for those long road trips have been video game soundtracks and musicals. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
musicals uh, would be, or that's a very good drive because then you get to sing. <laughs> I actually last time when I went to visit at Christmas, I uh, listened to a musical called Hades Town. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it because of strong songs. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not anywhere near the popularity of, like, Hamilton, but it's a modern, yeah. a really recent one that's pretty popular. Yeah. And it was really good. I enjoyed it. It had a really bluesy, uh, almost western-y type feel to it's it. It's the story of Orpheus, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was very good. So I was trying to think of things that I might be listening to like that, but an audiobook might be a, a suitable replacement. Yeah. I like audiobooks. They're enjoyable. But see, like, even when we were in our, like, Critical Role fandom pretty hard, I never really got into the podcast versions of those. I always wanted to watch them live. So for some reason, uh, that's how I've, like, thought of, I've, I've made the same connection to audiobooks. Sure. And I guess, like, there's also a show that I like now that it's called um, You Look Nice Today, California King. The, so these guys used to do a podcast called You Look Nice Today, and so now they're kind of reprising that. And but mm-hmm. what they're actually doing it with video, so it's up on YouTube, and they really make no jokes that are dependent upon the YouTube. But it really is better with the YouTube, just because like they they see each other and they're reacting to the way each other look and stuff like that. It's part of why, like, so listener, we record and we don't have our cameras on, but we're using Zoom. Uh, but like, I I kind of insist on that because I said I don't want to see you. I don't want you to see me because then we might <laughs> do things that require seeing us, and I'm not putting the video up. Yeah, like it's yeah. just not gonna happen no way no sure uh-uh. <laughs> and but like just and so i kind of feel validated in a sense because i watch the other show and it's like i i subscribe to the podcast so i get notified when the youtube video will be available yeah it, so i totally feel you i, I don't really listen to the podcast of the critical either but i also kind of stopped watching the show only because time sure Although I've I've heard some spoilers about stuff happening it more recently, and it's like, oh, it's gotten really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take like eight hundred well, I mean, hours was to there... catch up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was there ever any doubt that it was gonna be amazing? No, like that was never. <laughs> yeah, it's just exactly. like if you really want to follow, you I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> exactly. It's like because typically, like one of my big times of consumption is like when I'm eating mm-hmm. or like. You know, that actually, that's my biggest time of when I'm watching like media. <laughs> and so if you're, if you're watching like a, watching something for a 30 minute meal, it's going to take you all week just to get through one episode. Right. right. <laughs> They're very good though. Yeah. People should go watch Critical Role. Do it because we can't. <laughs> this show is not about Critical Role. It's about how we don't watch Critical Role. <laughs> You're just on this trip today about what the show's about. It's not content. It's just what he's doing. (laughs) They don't even watch the show. They're just talking about how they're not watching the show. (laughs) Nailed it. Um, (laughs) We're on a roll here. There's 30 seconds of silence. Perfect. All right, that's our ending. See you later, guys. Silence. (laughs) Use this time to remember the podcast that could have you could have been listening to instead of our thirty seconds of silence. (laughs) (laughs) But it's content. Thirty seconds of 
not it's content. silent content. It's like John Cage type stuff. It's not content. It's just what they're not talking about. <laughs> okay. There you go. That, that's yeah. the okay. Ending. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play League?